You're listening to The Doctor's Companion brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Doctor's Companion, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindDriver.net, the home site of MindDriver Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, like this one, where we talk about Doctor Who, the Mind Drivers Versus, where we pick a show we love and talk about it episode by episode, currently alternating between Superman and Batman in the animated series, and then our flagship podcast, The Mind Drivers, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, please review them on iTunes because that helps us out. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email those to us at podcast at mindrobber.net or uh, leave a comment on the website on the post for this episode. Tell us what you thought uh, about the episode that we're talking about today. Uh, and uh, then also just tell people you listen and that they should listen too. And we're live from Chicago! Yeah, yep, we are. <laughs> we are. Um, to I love that we did. I love that we just did two recordings, and it's just like, eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, uh, so today we're talking Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, which we just watched, like literally, literally. like thirty seconds ago, literally. Um, so we just watched it, and uh, we're talking about that, and then we're also going to be talking about uh, Doctor Who burlesque show that we saw while we were here. Um, we're going to talk about that in the back half after we talk about the episode. So if that's something you're interested in, if you're like Doctor Who burlesque show, what the hell could that possibly be? Uh, we'll let you know. Uh, so uh, so keep uh, keep listening. But uh, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS is uh, first. It's the it is the uh, return of Steve Thompson. Uh, his writing duties. He wrote um, the uh, dreadful Curse of the Black Spot. Um, <laughs> But then also the spectacular Rickenbachfall from uh, Sherlock season two. So now I don't know what to think. Right, exactly. So so uh, we didn't really. We were just like, "What is this? Like, this could be awesome or it could be awful." Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also the debut of director Matt King. So uh, first, this is what I'll say. I think my overall thoughts on this are roughly that I don't think it was a bad episode. I think it was really, really entertaining all the way through, and then it ended like that. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, oh, so it's all wrapped up and we're done now. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's not and it's not like there was there was anything wrong with the ending. Like, the ending was fine. It just felt like a lot of build-up to a really quick ending. Mm-hmm. Um Almost to the point where I wonder if this would have been better off as a two-parter somehow. Yes. Uh, but uh, I was entertained the whole time. And, sure. and and Matt... Oh, my God. Matt King's direction was... <laughs> that was... It is the best direction I've seen on this show, I think, since it's come back. Um, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it was a stellar direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very kinetic. Yeah, I, 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 is he coming back? Does he do anything more this season? Not that I can see. Oh my god! But he should. Oh, he totally should. Um, so, so good. Oh my god, the direction was incredible. <laughs> I don't know. So that's that's kind of my. I mean, I, I, I think I, um, I still think I liked last week's better than this one, but um, because of the ending, but. I really enjoyed this. Mm. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm. Um, and I think that this is the best Doctor we've seen all season. Uh, yes. On that, the Doctor, yes. I yeah. Agree on that. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't think I really enjoyed it as much. I I, I don't know. I, first of all, let me point out that because we're in Chicago, I'm running on like four and a half hours of sleep right now, and I'm really tired. <laughs> so I was like watching this, and we just, we've been sitting in this hotel room for hours just working on stuff, so I'm a little wiped out. But um, so I was definitely like kind of falling asleep during the little of the episode, just like just like really just dozing and not able to focus that much. Um, I thought it was entertaining. Um, uh, my problems, if they are problems, all come from the conceit itself, which is really weird and something I want to talk about, like the TARDIS in general. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't love it. I thought that. I thought that it was one of those things where it's like, I don't think. I don't. I don't want to see Steve. I don't want to see Steve Thompson try to fit himself into the Moffat era like he's been doing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like this and Pirates both have similar problems in terms of trying to accomplish way too much or not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird that Pirates. I mean, the problem with Pirates is that I don't know if that story is too long or too short because it's yeah. both. It, it's both. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is the same problem where it's like he's trying to do some stuff in here. And he has a lot of interesting ideas, but he's not exploring a lot of them, um, which is a Moffat problem. And I also feel like it's not, like you said, it's not long enough, but I also didn't feel like it was totally satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that comes from, again, own expectations. Uh, the, the, the title of the episode, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, is totally Jules Verne. Um, it comes with a very specific promise that yeah. I don't necessarily think the... Yeah. The episode delivers because what we get in this episode outside of the library is just a lot of hallways. Yes, which is which is something I want to talk about when we go through it because like yeah. the tart. I mean, there's a there's a lot that we can talk about with the TARDIS here more than yeah. I think. Well, I mean, clearly it's more since yeah. more even than the Doctor's Wife because the Doctor the tar, the tar, Doctor's Wife is about what does the TARDIS mean, whereas this is like the TARDIS as an actual institution, as an actual artifact and stuff like that. And I think that that's something that we can definitely talk about. Um, but I love it will love me less than whelmed. Like my question is, if this had a different director, how does this play? And I don't think it plays nearly as well. No. Because this is all about trying to get it really kinetic and really interesting. I think that it is an improvement over Curse of the Black Spot, without yeah. a doubt. I um, mean I do think that it is one of the better stories of this back half, but is it better than Hyde? Absolutely not. No, no, no it's I, not. I definitely enjoyed Hyde way more than I enjoyed this, but this is still like this is still on the stronger end, it's just unfortunate that like the bar is really low at this point. Yeah. Um but uh, uh, yeah, that's basically where I am. I'm I'm, I'm interested to work this 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 out. Um, just because uh, I have a lot of I don't know I have a lot of I have a lot of things that it's it's weird because normally we sleep on it we're like working it but we don't have time to record tomorrow so we kind of have to rush this one out. Yeah. Um, so this is really going to be like let's figure out how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we continue, this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, absolute edition, graphic novel collection at thirty-five to forty-five percent off, plus new release specials of fifty percent off every week. And remember, all orders 
over $50, get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Yes. Uh, so where do you want to start? Uh, well, uh, let's talk about... Let's talk, let's talk about the doctor. Okay. Because um, I think that Matt Smith here is really good. Yeah. Really, really, really I think good. I think he's the best he's been. This is... This is the kind of doctor I want to see from him. Yes. I want to see the doctor that's capable of being silly, but also capable of turning deadly serious on a dime. Yeah. Who who uses the, the, the humor as a shield, who isn't just happy-go-lucky. Like, this is a doctor... Like, you know, we're always talking about pushing the doctor's back against the wall. This is the most he's had his back pushed up against the wall and I can't remember how long. Uh-huh. Like, way more than... I'm looking at the other episodes from this season and nothing even compares. Like, this is definitely something where he clearly cares about the situation. This is a situation that's very important to him and clearly this ship, his home, is in danger. Um, so he definitely... I, I love that Matt Smith digs into that and I love that Steve Thompson... Uh, doesn't let that go. Uh-huh. Like he just he just jumps in and just kind of like grabs the thing and says, "No, this is really important." And he understands the import of a story about exploring the TARDIS, which is the first time the TARDIS has been actually explored mm-hmm. since Invasion of Time. So I I like that, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh right, Matt Smith is really good. Um, I don't think that necessarily all of it worked. Like, he's really quick to just kind of go, I give you the TARDIS. And it's like, that's clearly meant to play as something where it's like he's willing to just sacrifice his ship for that, and it's not what he means. But it just played weird on the on the beginning. Like, he's just he's just trying to think really fast, and it just it, it wasn't nearly as organic as I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. But part of that, I think, is because they have 45 minutes, and they that's no time to do right. anything. Right. So they just kind of have to jump into the story, and he has to get these guys into the ship to explore it and, right. and all that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think uh, I think his performance is really stellar. And I'll say this about the uh, about it: like we're going to talk about s- the I guess the overarching storyline that they they kind of weaved into this um, with his name and all of that. And here's the thing: we I mean, we we agree that we just don't care, like, yeah. and and we think it's yeah. a stupid conceit and not. And if you're a real Doctor Who fan, you don't care. Sure, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't care. You shouldn't care. It hasn't mattered for fifty years. Why does it matter now? It doesn't. But I'll tell you this: Matt Smith sold it. Mm-hmm. He really did. Mm-hmm. Like that moment where she's like, "I know your name," and he's and he's just like, he's just like, "You're not going to, and you don't need to." And like just his performance in that moment, I was like. Yeah. No, I don't care. Yeah. But maybe I do. Like, his performance was so good, it made me question my own opinion. Yeah. His, the, the danger with which he says the import it, it is really stellar. Yeah. Stellar. The problem is, the, but the, it, it really works. It yeah. really, really, really works. The reason it doesn't necessarily work is, in the long scheme of things, yeah. is like, it's, it's the age-old question of why now? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't... That's the thing is, like, I don't care as a plot thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just very interesting to me to see his reaction to it. Yes. But, again, it's the mystery that's interesting. The solution to the mystery isn't going to be interesting, mm-hmm. so don't solve it. Yeah. Just keep it a question. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. If you want to keep it a mystery, if you want to, like, really just hang a lantern on that mystery of his of his name, just... That's fine. That's interesting. Just don't ever answer the question. Right. We don't need it. Mm-hmm. We don't need the answer. Yes. Um, but I, I really, I was fascinated by his reaction to it. Yes. So yeah. it was really good. It was really, it was really well played, and makes me 
really interested in the finale. Yeah. Because um, if you don't know the title of the finale, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, but it makes me interested for it. I know it's not going to work because Stephen Moffat doesn't push the Doctor ever. Right. Um, but it makes me at least interested to see how Smith's going to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's an interesting sort of sort of um, conceit. Uh, uh, also good here is Jenna Louise Coleman, who does really good work, just as normal. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, like, we're... St- Still not really doing anything with her. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're like what five episodes in at this point into this run of her, and it's like what has she done? Yeah, nothing really. No. I mean, she's had she's had a, a, some good moments, but they haven't given her anything as a character to really do. Like yeah. it's all about. I, well, I think the thing that's interesting about her, I guess, as a companion, is the idea that like she's trying to just be a companion. Mm-hmm. It's the doctor that's got all this baggage, <laughs> which I think is interesting because it's the opposite of what we've usually had, you yes. know, yes. where she's just like, she's totally normal, mm-hmm. uh, more so than, than even Amy, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the doctor that has all this baggage coming to her. That he just can't get his shit with. Yeah. With her yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I swear. I apologize. And it's, it's, it's just, ah. it's really interesting. Um, I, I don't know. And I, I I really liked the sequence where where he hugged her and she was just like, you know, it just just the idea of like you kind of understand them as as a doctor companion relationship in that moment where it's like he is fascinated by her but then he can't help but also just care about her but he yes. still sees her kind of as a science experiment more yes. than anything mm-hmm. and and the idea that she all she wants is a friend that's all she wants. But she knows that there's some kind of, like, line that he's drawing in the sand. And so when he just embraces her, he, she's just like, oh, a hug. This is nice. <laughs> I, like, I just, lo- I loved that moment. Yeah. Like, it was just really adorable. It was a great moment. Yeah. Totally adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, one of the things where it's like, where it's like, oh, more like this. Yes. Like, more like this. Because there's not been a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like, even in Hyde, which was really good, you have them, like, walk- wandering off by each other. But they're not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like I want stuff that really like develops their relationship. I want stuff like in End of the World where where Rose is like everyone's been dead forever, and he's like, "Don't you understand that I understand what you're saying, but I can't care about that." Like all of like that that sort of thing, just where it needs to like slow down a little bit. Yeah, is where it works, and where this slows down, it actually gets really good. Yeah, it and does. it's one of those things where Thompson, like for all of the. Um, contrivedness of his stories like looking at the Curse of the Black Spot and you see like oh there's this evil pirate captain oh and he has a kid and the kid is really important to him and suddenly we have like forced sentimentality um, that feels very contrived like so too here you have with the brothers the brothers where it's like where it's like okay I don't need you to do this. Yeah. Like, you're I can see you trying so hard. I made you a robot for a laugh. Yeah. What? Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding? Like, I, what the hell was that? I don't... I have no idea. That was him basically not having a good reason for it and just smearing something on the page. Mm-hmm. Which is Which is funny because he's like, he's like, this is the moment that redeems him. It's like, no, this is the moment that loses you forever. Yeah. Like, this is the moment where, where this guy is completely irredeemable because he's just a complete sociopath. Yeah. Because that's so... Uh, it's unhealthy behavior. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just not the yeah. sort of behavior someone should be doing. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the thing is like you know there's something to be said about a about a like if why why like if you want to make him a robot 
Just make it so that this guy, like, he did it for a laugh? Make it because you saved his life. Mm -hmm. And now you torture him because you can't handle the fact that your brother died Mm -hmm. and that, you know, connecting is really hard. Mm -hmm. That's better. Honestly, I I mean, that's fine. Honestly, I think that the episode didn't even need the brothers. No. I don't don't think that whole scrapyard plotline just wasn't necessary. We didn't need it. This could have just been a bottle episode with the Doctor and Clara and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have just used it. You could have done it where you split them apart and then they found each other but they were past future alternates of each other. Yeah. That they found. Mm-hmm. Because you're already dealing with like the whole time stream craziness. You could have just done it that way and that would have been great. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we needed these brothers. Yeah, you kind of didn't. And really, it just kind of futz with everything and just made it... Muddy. Muddy, yes, exactly. And, 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 that's, and that's like my thing is looking at it. Like There are two major things going on here. You have the TARDIS, right? Mm-hmm. The TARDIS is the... I mean, and I guess I guess this makes sense now that I think about it. But you have this time-space machine, and the whole... Like, the first half is the, is the, is the machine messing with its space, saying... All these things are malleable. We can change the inner the inner workings, and then the back half is all about time. Right. My problem is there is no thematic anything to that, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You can work on that. Like you can you can work on it. Putting those two things make it feel like there are two distinct things going on here, and they're not explored. Well, I would argue they are explored. They're just not explored particularly well because obviously. I think that the time and the space is dealt with with the relationships with the brothers mm. because they have a have a space between them and uh. then when they mend that space then the problem becomes time in the second half. Sure. Um, so it's there. It's absolutely sure. there. Sure. It's just that it's not hammered home. It's just he doesn't knock it out of the park. He gets to first base. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and you know, kudos for getting to first base. That don't win you games. That doesn't win you games. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's and that sports metaphor. Um, <laughs> while in Chicago. <laughs> while in Chicago. Um so so I mean I, I I think that's interesting. It's just like I look at it, it's just like it just makes both halves feel very disjointed. It does. Like there there is no there is no meaning of it. And like it feel it almost feels like when the time thing comes in Halfway through, it just feels very like like a really sharp gear shift that I didn't really resonate. It with. just should have been about the Doctor and Claire. It should have been about that space between them as the Doctor and companion relationship, and then the second half could have been about her future and his past. Yeah, which is great. It, that great. would have been phenomenal. That would have been great. That's all it needed. Mm-hmm. You don't need the brothers. Yeah, and and playing with them like at different points with each other. Like, yeah. That's a lot more work, but it's a lot more satisfying because you can feel that the brothers are shortcuts, especially because one brother is just written off. Yeah, well, just literally, just like, just like I burned my hand and I fell, like, and yeah, then, and then he's kind of gone. Yeah, like, and it's it's really a bizarre choice. Yeah, um, and it does, and it just tells you that they don't really have it all together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now that we're talking about space and time. Uh, let's talk about exploring the TARDIS. What do you think? Exploring the TARDIS, yay, nay? Um, I, I'm pro exploring the TARDIS. Yes. I just think that we need to see more than hallways. Yes. But I understand why we only saw hallways. Yes. Because it's expensive. Um, so I get it. I, I like, I'm not saying like, oh, you should have blown out the budget on this episode. No, no, I, I get it. I understand why it's the way it is. But maybe we should have saved the TARDIS exploration for when we had a budget for like sure. maybe a Christmas special or oh, that'd be nice. like a Christmas on the TARDIS come on that, come well, on 
the big finish did that. Well, but but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like you know, you do that or 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 in the fiftieth. Sure. You know, like sure. I I'm just it's it's interesting to me like that they chose to do this this thing that has always been a mystery about how the TARDIS works. And I liked all of the things that they explained, like the the tree thing that helps. Explain how the how the TARDIS grows and morphs and changes. Yeah, like I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was it was an explanation that I thought would bug me, but then I was like, no, it's fine. You know right. what? That's good. Yeah, um, I, I like that, and I liked the glimpses of the of the Eye of Harmony and the um, swimming pool. Sure. Yeah. Um, love the library. Yes. Love the library. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor's office or whatever that was mm-hmm. that, that she was in. Um, so I liked all that stuff. I just think there could have been more. Um, it would have been nice if there was a wardrobe scene. It would have been nice if there was, you know, just or even just simple things like let's see the doctor's room. Like where does he sleep? Sure. Let's see Clara's room. Sure. Let's see an old companion's room. Sure. Um, that would be fascinating. Yeah, because they did that. Because they did that on um, uh, what was it? Um, in a like Terminus, I think they show. Uh, Turlo moves into Adric's room. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, this is Adric's room, and that's better than anything that they kind of did here, which yeah. is really, really interesting. Yeah, um, it's weird that everyone. What's funny to me, and first of all, this is the second time that they've explored the TARDIS in the history of the show. They did it in Invasion of Time, and it was awful, just terrible. Um, but it's fascinating to me because, and they did it. A, they've done a little bit in other things, like they did it in. What was it? Castrovolva. Well, yes, Castrovolva. That was the other one I was going to say. But there was another one with Tom Baker, where uh, they did it, and there was like there was like a forest. Forest. Wasn't there a forest on the TARDIS? I don't remember. I don't think so. Maybe no. Maybe was it in Logopolis? Yeah, you're thinking of Logopolis. Yeah, where they where they're in the cloister room. Yep. Yep. In the clo- cloister. Room. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They've definitely exploited it before. The, the, what, what's fascinating to me is like it's the thing that we always want to do. Everyone has a story. Like everyone wants to see the TARDIS more, right? Mm-hmm. What's fascinating is like the thing. The reason the show can get on the air and the reason that it works is because you have this idea that the entire spaceship is just one little blue box, and the entire and all that's inside is your imagination. The problem is that, like, you really kind of can't show the TARDIS because it would be that expensive. Like, even if you had an anniversary special, even if you had a Christmas special, even if you threw the entire season's budget at it, you still couldn't do it justice. Because really, the closest we've ever com- come to what I would imagine the pure size of the TARDIS would be is probably the 1996 movie. Yeah. The Paul McGann movie does a really good job of being like, the TARDIS is big, you guys. Yeah. Really yeah. expansive. Yeah. That's a massive set. Yeah. Um, and even then, they did it with two rooms, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but like looking at it, like you know, each set costs you X amount of dollars, and each time you build a set, you can't build a set on another episode because you just don't have the budget. Right. So like, you know, you go in and, and Stephen Moffat says, oh, we're going to see more of the TARDIS than we've ever seen before. And like you literally were reduced to, in some, in some sequences, like a green screen shot of a conservatory, which is cool. Like, uh-huh. cool. But, you know... Green screenshot of a pool. Swimming pool. But, like, the thing is, like... Uh, it just it just, it just just betrays, like, the, the conceit of how uninteresting that is. Because it's literally like... Huh. It's a room. It's a room. Uh, yeah. And you can't really... You can't really do anything with that. Like, the rooms have to mean something. The rooms have to be explored. They have to be analyzed. They have to be, like, you know, an important thing. And I think that there is room, like, if, if, if they ever got the show and they were like, let's build, like, three standing sets... Like, mm-hmm. that would be even better. 
because you can have like you can have like a, <clears throat> the console room, you can have like a, a library, and you can have like a, a, an observatory. Like that would be really interesting, uh-huh. just somewhere to kind of go in the TARDIS that isn't the control room. Um, that's probably your better bet. It's not. I don't think it's a good idea <laughs> to do Journey to the Center of the TARDIS because it's always going to be limiting. Yeah. Like th- to be fair, in their defense, they did make the corridors look really good and way vastly superior to something like the Doctor's Wife, where they're mm-hmm. very very stark. Um, it did feel like this intricate, like, living machine that they were going through that was really cool. The problem is, like, and Matt King did shoot the hell out of it to oh make it look God. amazing. The lighting was so good. Oh, uh, it's amazing. And the Dutch angles were just spectacular. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just like, it's just like I, I think it's just too much for the show to accomplish. Because I think it gets a little too far into esoteric and away from... Uh, the idea that the whole idea of the show being produced on this budget is that they can't show the TARDIS, which is the whole point of the fun. Right. And I and I think that that's like their their key problem that they kind of have to. We as fans need to deal with the fact that we can't do it. Like we just it's unfeasible. Right. It's unfeasible. And this is the closest that we're going to get. And I think that they did a halfway decent job of it mm-hmm. when they get to that that steam room, the the one with the Eye of Harmony in it, and it's literally just like a walkway, you're just like, mm, this is not quite what I want. Um, much in the same way that Invasion of Time is like, oh, this looks like an abandoned hospital. Nah, you're, just, you're just limited. You're just limited. And it's right. almost like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how to... You can't... I, I just think it's, you can't do it. And this, yeah. is a, this is a noble experiment. I think that it's an experiment that's worth having. But it's also one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like, you know, with the budgets as crazy as they are, I just think that it's not something that actually can be accomplished. Mm-hmm. It's just unfeasible. Yeah. Um, as soon as sets cost free, then I think we can do it. <laughs> but until then, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, is there anything else we're missing? Oh, the ending was really weird. The ending was weird. Yeah. I mean, it just was like, oh, uh, how do we solve this? Um, let's just do that thing from Series 5. <laughs> let's yeah. do that. We'll yeah. bring her back. People will freak out. They'll be so distracted by the fact that it's the crack again. That no matter what we do, it's fine. Because what 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 happened that was different? I don't I have no idea. I don't I have no idea. I have no idea. Because literally, like at the beginning of the thing, you get she gets the little grenade thing, burns her hand, and everything. This time, it, the same thing happens. The doctor does it, which he must have done it before. Or something. Or something. Or, yeah, it, it was what confusing. What was the difference? Yeah, see, that was that was the reason, like, when we finished this, I was like, do you feel the need to watch that again? That's why I feel like the, I need yeah. to watch it again. Just because I was very confused towards the ending. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it really abruptly ends. Yeah. Like, and they did, like, two scenes of Rabbit, which I did like the last scene quite a bit. Um, the one with Claire and the Doctor was really yeah. nice. Um, but then you get the scenes of the brothers, which, I mean, dead weight. But, like, you look at it, and he's just like, well... I'm not so bad. And you're like, really? You turned your brother into a robot for no reason. And you didn't even... And now that we've reset, you're still letting him be a robot for no reason. Like, it it, it was weird. But, I don't know, I just felt myself really just confused by it. Which is yeah. not where I need to be. Especially because once they started introducing the time travel, I was like, this is... This is really, really complex. Yeah. For really no reason. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like, Thompson's storytelling has always been a little bit problematic on Doctor Who, like, given given Curse of the Black Spot. But, like, here, like, I... There were points in this where I was just like, why is this happening? Like, I just don't know. I just don't know why this is going on. I don't understand. So I was a little left in the dark. Yeah. It was a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, well, uh, before we move on and talk about the, the burlesque show that we went to, uh, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything else you can get from a local comic shop. You place your orders three months in advance, monthly discount specials up to 75% off. And regular discounts are 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Um, okay, so we had the opportunity to... Uh, we got free tickets. Uh, to go see mm-hmm. Don't Blink, uh, Doctor Who burlesque show. Um, we were just sort of like invited to go. And so we were like, uh, okay. It says Doctor Who and burlesque. What is that going to be? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we went... Um, and the thing that I found so interesting, because, I mean, those of you who uh, don't know what a burlesque is, I mean, it's kind of like half a strip show, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like no full nudity. It's really close, you know? Yeah. 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 It's like close but no cigar, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, that kind of like – so it's like the booby tassels and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but the thing that's re- that I found really interesting because that stuff, you know, is what it – it's exactly what you expect it to be. It's titillating. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, but the thing that I found so interesting was, like, they found a way to present the show as an episode of Doctor Who in a way that was, like, kind of clever. Yeah. That I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, where, basically, the plot of it is that uh, doctors across time have have are all experiencing this... Uh, like cosmic level of estrogen that is turning <laughs> all characters in the in the Doctor Who universe into women, mm-hmm. um, including Daleks and Cybermen and Ood, Ood and the Master and the Master and the Doctors themselves. Mm-hmm. So everybody's a woman, and uh, everybody gets half naked, and yeah. that's basically it. I mean, the, some of the some of the reasonings for the for the taking off their clothes was clever. For the most part, it never got more clever than than the cyber women. Yeah, um, with the gold flakes, mm-hmm. that was just like pff, clever. But but it kind of, <laughs> but that was early. Yeah, that was way early. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. after that, it was just like, well, they're just taking off their clothes now. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it wasn't it wasn't great. It was like really cheesy, but it was funny and it was very point. entertaining. It was very entertaining, and like they uh, they knew Doctor Who. Yes. Very well. Yes. Um, which I was very impressed with. They were making jokes that like only Matt and I were laughing at. Yeah. <laughs> just like just like hysterical yeah. laughing. Yeah. Just so funny. Um uh, so I mean it was it was it was it was a burlesque show. I've never mm-hmm. been to one. It was interesting. Uh don't really have much interest in ever going to one again. No, no need. No, no. need. No need. Um, and really cuz really it's one of those things where it's like I I I am not really interested in stripping, just in general. No, nope. no, no interest. Not at um, all. Uh, really, the only reason we went to this was because it was Doctor Who. Yeah, they could have said they could have said burlesque or strip. I don't, I don't care what they would have said. They were like Doctor Who blank show. I was like, yes, let's do this. Yeah, like let's do this. And so like so like watching it was really it was really interesting. Um, uh, so I have no interest in burlesque and like, but it's one of those things. It's like. I can't imagine because you know burlesque is inherently trashy. Yeah, it's just inherently trashy. So that they did something that was this trashy, but you know, for my favorite fandom, really made it so that I feel the need to never go see another burlesque show ever again. Yeah, like because nothing, nothing that anything ever does is ever going to match up to what just happened. Right, because it was it was a blast. It was it was just like a nice amalgam of like what thing one thing I have no interest in, and then one thing I love. So like one thing I love more than anything. Is yeah. Doctor Who, mm-hmm. so it's like there's no other combination 
Because burlesque is always going to be burlesque. It's always going to be the same. Yes. And, it, and there's nothing else that I like as much as Doctor Who. Yes. So everything inherently then will be less than this. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No interest. <laughs> <laughs> no interest. But what's funny is, like, it actually just, like, made me realize how much of a Doctor Who fan I am. Yeah. And which is which is really cool. Like, for one thing, like, because the whole idea is that there's, like, the 11th Doctor, the 10th Doctor, the 9th Doctor, and then eventually the 4th Doctor. Each of them has their own companions. And they're, like, kind of teaming up. When the tenth Doctor walked on stage and was just wearing the blue, it was a chick wearing this blue. The blue suit had the hair kind of flitzed up and the tie. I was just like, "Oh, that's my favorite Doctor." Yeah, <laughs> like it was one of those things where it's like that is the most iconic for me. Nothing yeah. has ever come close. Yeah. This is the guy I love. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just one of those things, and it's fascinating because you've never seen anyone other than David Tennant play the tenth Doctor. Yeah, cosplaying notwithstanding, right? Like I've never seen someone else try to do it like that. And it was just one of those things where I was just reminded of just like, and she had the postures down, she had the yeah. she had the mannerisms down, but like was clearly making it her own. Yeah, they it were me, very good. They were very good. Yeah, uh, it just made me really appreciate the Tenth Doctor like mm-hmm. a lot. It was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will admit, like I said to you, seeing the Tenth and the Eleventh Doctor just stand next, meet each other, I was just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, that's. That's Can't so wait nice. for that yeah. little thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like it was just like oh that that just me and like there were just there were just chicks playing at acting this thing. Yeah, and that was enough. Like that tells you like how much I love this show. Yeah, and how much I love just seeing that. Um, it was oh oh it made me just really just be like oh I'm a huge massive nerd about this this show. Absolutely. Um, and the one thing that I thought that, the, that they did that was really cool, besides the rollerblading Daleks, which was hilarious. That was hilarious. Uh, hilarious. Was the, the Weeping Angel sequence was really well done. Oh, that was really well done. Really well done. Just because they had this chick who would come off and dance as a Weeping Angel. Um, she had wings and she would just dance crazy. And then she would pause and then the scene would resume and then the scene would stop in the middle of the scene and then the angel would run around because no one was looking at it. Right. Which was fascinating. I mean, they totally broke the rules. But I really didn't care. Yeah. Because it was so cleverly done. Yeah. Um, and so, so awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Really, 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 like, fun and just a blast of trashy goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, like, however long. It was an hour for just that length of time. It was just really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I felt bad for the non-Who audience. Like well, I know. They, that was, like, that couldn't have possibly been enjoyable for anyone no. No, that wasn't a Doctor Who fan. Yeah, because they, they didn't even try to explain anything. No. They were just like, they were just like we're going to do this. Yeah. And they just went. Yeah. It was hilarious. Uh, uh, all right. I never again to a burlesque show. No. <laughs> never. No. Um, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's this week's episode. Uh, next week, we'll be back with the Crimson Horror. Um, which is um, Mark Gatiss' second episode of the season. Should be something else. Should be something. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that next week. In the meantime, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, Scott Commentary, where I'll live tweet things, but not anytime soon. Um, also, our other podcast, The Mind Robbers, uh, where we just did our 50th episode, uh, and it should be coming out in a couple of days after this one. Where, a good we, one. where we we went through our uh, top ten movies of all time, yeah. um, so that's 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 a good one. So check that out, uh, and then also Mind Drivers Versus, where we're back in Batman this week. Yeah. Um. So so check that out, and hopefully you checked out Superman last week. It was a lot of fun. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com/slash/gunkadan. Also, my Twitter account, twitter.com/slash/gd commentary. I live tweet. 
stuff, but not right now because I'm busy. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'll get back to it. Um, <laughs> also, my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I talk about every Doctor Who story of the classic series. So if you ever have a question or want to know what I think or want to read some some stuff where I talk about the story itself, uh, you can check that out. That's uh, a lot of fun and worth seeing um, and all that good stuff. So, yay! All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you next week with the Crimson War. Bye. Bye, y'all.